You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway. An attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to Break a Bat, where baseball meets Broadway. I'm your host, Al Malafrante, and tonight I'm joined by an incredibly special player who's taken the basketball court by storm over the past few months. And while I may not be talking about the NBA or the WNBA, I am in fact talking about something that's way more entertaining in my new favorite series on Disney+, Plus, a little show called Big Shot, as we've talked about on this podcast many times. Our special guest tonight has burst onto the scene as strongly as anyone that you'll find in the cast, as she brought her brilliant comedic wit to the role of Samantha Giggles Finkman on the all-star sports dramedy and i'm so grateful she could join us tonight so with that being said i ask you all to please turn your attention to home plate just be on the marquee now batting cricket wampler cricket welcome hello al thank you for having me i'm so excited to be here (laughs) it is your very first podcast i can't believe that Yes, it is. And I'm kind of a podcast listener, so it's definitely fun to finally be on the other end of it. (laughs) Oh, that is so cool to hear. And I know you've been so busy and doing all kinds of super exciting stuff. I have to address something with you that I don't think has come up in any press you've done. Oh, dang. Um, Yeah, this is is big doings for you. You lived out a lifelong dream of mine recently. Did I see you performing on stage with my favorite band, the Beach Boys, at my favorite Major League Stadium, Petco Park, recently? It was honestly a personal attack to you, Al. No, um, yes, it was so no, it was so cool to get to do that. Um, no, I did. We all did get to go up on stage and perform, which was very just like I'd say surreal, but it just was like nothing I ever imagined that would happen. So I was just like, "What the heck?" I mean, you know, people like use surreal for winning their Oscar or whatever, but still, those are things you probably thought about. Like I never thought about being on stage at Petco Park with the Beach Boys and John Stamos. So it was really cool and really fun. That is so epic. And I know you were a full house kid, just like I was. So I'm sure you had a little familiarity with their music as a John, right? Yes, I did. And um, like, I think it was maybe a week or two before um, John was performing in Florida with them. And he, first off, I'm giving him so much credit. He's the type that he can be FaceTiming, talking to you while on stage performing. I don't even understand how he has the energy or mind capacity to do it all. Cause I'm like a very one track mind type of person, I'd say. So he literally was like texting us while on stage. He was like, cricket, you're missing forever. Wait, join the FaceTime. Blah, blah, blah. Cause forever is the one that he performs with Jesse and the, uh, um, 
uh, the Rippers on Full House. So anyway, he was like, you're missing this song. I wanted to sing it for you. So he dedicated it to me, all this stuff. So I was like, this is not real life that John Stamos is FaceTiming me currently because he wants to dedicate this song to me. Like, it was just so crazy. I literally just can't wrap my head around it. But yes, the fangirl moments have slightly happened. I think I've played it pretty cool considering Full House just definitely was my childhood and is the first show I've ever watched, for, like cover to cover. I've just watched it all. So it was really exciting. <laughs> I absolutely love that. How tough is it to separate that, fa- you know, fin- epic fandom of of his though? Because obviously, you know, you grew up watching him as a kid, so it hits home in a different way. Was it? Was there ever a moment where you had to take a t- few steps back and be like, hey, you know, I'm doing my job. I got to be professional. But damn, I really want to say how much I love forever on Full House when I was a kid. Is, has that ever <laughs> happened on set? <laughs> A little bit. I had to find the right time to tell him I felt like that I'd seen it because I wanted him to know how much I appreciated his work, but I didn't want to say it too soon because then I didn't want to be the girl who was like the giant mega fan because I do have to say, not only is Coach Corn super different from Jesse, um, obviously, so I, when filming with him and in scenes, normally can totally differentiate the two. And I'm like, I'm Samantha listening to coach. I'm not like, cause otherwise, you know, I might be like, I'm cricket listening to Jesse. This is so crazy. Like, no, you got to separate the two. So I think I definitely got used to that pretty quickly. He really made it easy because his characters were so different and it just felt like a whole different vibe. But I think it was a, towards the end of the pilot. I was just like, Hey, just so you know, like I'm a giant fan. Like, I just wanted to tell you that I like love your work, whatever. And so, yes, it sometimes is hard. Sometimes I almost call him uncle Jesse. Sometimes he purposely does things like the end of a take where it's like an uncle jesse moment or he'll be like he'll just like just word something like it or with the same inflection i'm like that was not even coach that was uncle jesse like oh my gosh so he's pretty funny with it but i think i think i've kept my cool to some degree the girls uh the other girls did not i think they kind of knew but (laughs) one day well one day i we were sitting at usc they were filming um the opening scene of the pilot and we just went to watch because there were a bunch of cute boys playing basketball and we were like can we come watch so we went to watch and we were all just sitting there we didn't know each other that well yet And I was like, oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. I said something. And Nell, one of the other girls who plays Louise was like, wait, are you serious? I was like, you don't understand. I've played it so cool. Like I wanted to name my first child Michelle. Like I literally wanted to be like, I was like, oh my gosh, you don't understand how much I love Full House. So then I think they all realized how much I loved it. And they were like, actually you played it pretty cool considering. So it was hard to do, but I, now I really just see him as John. And I think that's the main thing is that like, I don't, I don't look at him every day. I'm like, uncle Jesse's next. Like you really just stop thinking about it after a while, which I think helps. Obviously he's a person. I don't want to think of him as a character all the time, but yes. So it was definitely a little bit of a transition to get used to, but it's yeah, he's just John now. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love that. And you know, I have to ask you, I know you come from a bit of a sports family. I know your father was a big college hoops player. Did you ever imagine that, you know, when you began this acting thing, that you'd be in a sports dramedy that's, you know, taken on such a life of its own like this? Absolutely not. I, I think it's just so exciting. I definitely, basketball is my favorite sport to watch. Like you said, my dad played, I have cousins in the big 10, like all this stuff is so exciting. And so I've always enjoyed it, but I played like a couple years when I was pretty young. Wasn't that great. Like I was like, eh, it's not my favorite thing. So I think it just like really came out of left field and was just really 
so exciting when I started, but that's right when I started being in the process for it more, I was like, no, 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 but I want to like get pretty good. Like I want to really be training. Like I want to start. So I already write, like once I got a call back, I was like, dad, come with me. We're going. So he trained me starting then. And we just um, practiced more. And then uh, my manager, Robbie Cass also helped me train at some points. And then once I had the role, we had our training. Um, but yeah, I had thought, you know, I'm a dancer. So I thought maybe down the line, I would have a dance role. And I always thought it'd be so cool to have a role that I could, I love working out and just staying in shape. So I was like, if I could stay in shape and be acting, like that would be ideal. Like that'd be so cool. Again, in my mind, I always thought kind of maybe more of a dance type of role, which hopefully down the line, but this is like, the checks the same boxes because I'm like, I'm staying in shape. We have practices. We are like running plays all day long. So I think it's just a really cool aspect that I just did not, I did not see it coming. That's for sure. That is, that is so interesting to hear. So part of the audition process was, you know, whether or not you can make a free throw. Was that, was that part of what you had to do? Kind of. So like I said, once I got a call back, so there were, there was honestly very few stages in this process compared to some other processes I've gone through. So once I got a call back, I was like, dad, I want to at least have touched a basketball in like of the past, the most recent, you know, so I still go out and play with my brother sometimes or whatever. But I was like, I want to really like kind of know what's going on. Once we found out we were testing we were like, okay, we're testing. But then they said, and basketball test. And I said, what? So then we all knew we were being tested for basketball as well. Um, and so at that point I went into full training mode. Cause I was like, I have to be in shape in a week, you know, enough to feel confident enough to be okay. You know? So then I did train more and then yes, we tested in the process. Basically they've kind of said now they're like, we did not go with the best basketball players necessarily. We went with the people who fit the characters, but could like pull it off, whatever. So yeah, not saying we're the best that there were, but it just, um, yeah, it was fun to, it was interesting to have that in the process, but I'm glad because also immediately walking into that test, I was like, cricket, you will not be the best one here, but you like cheering people on and you have fun team spirit. And if you show that, then I don't like, you're not faking that. So that's the only thing you can really do. Cause like you can try to fake playing basketball or knowing what you're doing, but you really, I do like team, like, like I love team, the team vibe, team effort, whatever. So I love cheering people on. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to bring that to it because I know that I can cover that. And that's genuinely who I am. No one, I mean, I can't really, and some of the other girls that were kind of similar, but it's just like, I was like, that's all I've got going for me at this point. But you know, I made some shots I thought I wouldn't and it went fine. And I do remember specifically, they were like, okay, now everyone's just going to show their best skills for like 30 seconds or something like that. And I just remember being like, oh no. So anyway, I was like, cricket, you're just obviously going to do under the leg. Like you're just going to go under your leg a couple times. And like, that's what's going to happen. And so I do have a first time and just completely mess up. And I was like, cricket, you could either, this is a make or break moment right here. So I was like, you could either give up or you could try again and just be really confident about it. And it's fine. So that's what I did. And then I went under like six or seven times, which was like my personal best. And then I decided to put it down gently so that it didn't look like I messed up at all. But I think just that whole process was very nervous, just uncharted territory. But I'm glad they put us through that so that we were ready for what we had coming to us. But yes, I think I just kind of faked it till I made it for sure. <laughs> oh, you absolutely crush it. And I have to say that out of anyone on the sirens, I thought that you were probably the, the funniest player on the team is that to me like something that you've like always had or is that was that just a product of the writing i'm kind of curious about that okay so that's a hard question to answer i think it definitely is a lot of the writing it's very they just okay uh, here's the thing when i got cast for this samantha was the last role cast everyone auditioned like was prepared to test for samantha only two girls did myself being one of them and just like it was a very interesting process but 
once, uh, more recently, I was kind of like, I didn't know where Samantha was going, whatever. And I was talking to Dean, our showrunner and like writer. And he was like, we didn't know where she was going either. We really just went off of whatever you did. And I was like, what? Because that just like was so much pressure I was carrying that I didn't know I had. Like, I didn't know that they were watching me and kind of going off of how I was or whatever. So I think I'm definitely very silly. Tiana Lee's also hilarious. Everyone has their moments. Monique Green will just be so funny out of the, like, she's like kind of reserved until she's just super funny. So like, we all have moments in Nell's sense of humor is like kind of dark. And then Tish is like kind of similar to Mouse in some ways. And it's just like super funny. And so I think we all have our different aspects. I think if someone's like going to break into a really random dance all of a sudden or do something really out there, that'd probably be me. But like, Samantha, I think we have similarities, but I think that I just, the writer's, the writers wrote it. I luckily got to say it. And again, you might have liked it, but maybe someone else didn't pick up on the exact sense of humor. So it totally depends on your viewership and who likes it and who thinks it's funny. But thank you. I'm really flattered. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I was one of those people that was watching it week after week. I know you can binge all of the episodes on Disney Plus now, but I was I, I can't say I stayed up till I think it was 3 a.m. when the new episodes would get uploaded on the East Coast. Yeah. But I, I oh, that many Friday nights during this pandemic, I very much enjoyed watching Big Shot rather than watching my Yankees lose. So you, you're you definitely a big part of that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it was really like just so crazy when I really started hearing people like, no, it's our Friday night tradition. Like it's our favorite or, you know, I, that's the thing. Like when I go to post, I'm like, I don't want to post a spoiler till like Sunday night because most people have watched it Friday or Saturday night, whatever. But it's just, thank you for watching and being so committed. Oh, absolutely. And you know, one thing I'm really curious about with you is I know you've done some screen work before, but you really had to help carry a show under very unusual circumstances. Because I was talking with Jessalyn last year. I know you started taping this, I guess it was uh, the fall of 2019. And then COVID hit, obviously had to go back and forth um, on set from all the shutdowns and whatnot. Did that make things a little bit more difficult and challenging for you? You know, having to lead a show really for the first time and dealing with all these crazy circumstances? I think that maybe someone more like who's done it more like Jessalyn would have a more different experience with it. That's obviously, obviously not the average. I think because it's my first and so many of the girls first series, regular roles. Yes, I'm sure it was different, but I don't really have anything to go off of. It definitely brought new challenges that I wasn't expecting, but also technically what I was expecting could have been off anyway, because I've never really done it before. I personally think in some really weird ways, it was a blessing. It took us as long as it did to film. I think character development wise, I definitely dug a lot deeper into like my roots as Samantha. And like, again, at the beginning of the season, and at the end of the season, when I look back, I'm like, oh my, what was, who was Samantha? What was Samantha? And you know what? I would still vow to say that Samantha's probably the most underdeveloped character of the series regulars. And I'm fine with that, but I would just say she's most like surface level. So I can't wait till hopefully season two, she gets a little bit more depth, but just, it's so funny to look back because I'm like, you, what were you going off of? What were your, what was going on? So I think that's the thing I started, I stopped being like, let me see what they write for me. And I was like, let me do the work myself, dig deeper, make my decisions about my character if they write something different, then I'll go with it then if I need to or whatever. But I was like, I don't think I'm doing all I could be doing. And it just, I didn't at the, for the first few episodes. And then once we had a giant break for, because of the first shutdown for COVID, obviously the main lockdown, I was like, no, we're going to dig deeper. We're going to do some work so that I really know who I am. And then whatever they throw at me, I'll know how Samantha would really face it. It was just a little bit more, as much depth as I felt like I could give her on my own. Um, so that felt important to me. And I don't think I would have taken the time had we just bing, bang, boomed 10 episodes, I would have definitely not 
dug as deep or just like felt as in tune with her maybe. And yes, she is pretty similar to me just because like I said, they kind of um, said in the end that they semi went off of how I was. So we definitely have some differences, but um, so I think, yeah, it was easier because she's kind of like me, but also I was like, I want to make her slightly different than me. And how do I want to do that? And how would she feel about this? So I think overall it was a crazy experience to have it go on that long because three calendar years for one season. I wonder if it's ever been done. Like I feel bad for the people it happened to before because it's quite the process, but I felt like also we just grew to be such a family. I mean, that's work. It's like working three seasons with people. So I feel like that's another factor. The chemistry. I said this from the beginning. I was like, people can come at us for anything they want about the show. They could be like, I don't like the team. I don't like basketball. I don't but I was like, they, if they come after our chemistry, that's when I'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because it's just there. Like we've just known each other for years now. So that's like my favorite part probably. Oh, that is so cool. And you know, you mentioned that there's some parts of you in her. Do you, do you take that time away from the set to develop like a backstory from her where there's, you know, some parts of your life and then, you know, stuff that you just draw up in your own head, like, Oh, maybe she comes from this type of family or maybe she does this on the weekends. Is, do you go that deep with it? Yes, I do. So <laughs> I, um, in Corona, literally my family, and I ended up taking a trip to La Jolla and just staying at a house and literally just like quarantining in, quarantining in a new location. But because they happened to choose La Jolla, I was like, we're digging deep into my roots right now. Cause that's where Samantha lives. So I definitely took time on that trip. We drove around a little bit and I was like, okay, I think that I would live near this area. And then I think Olive, who like is my best friend, at least I've gotten that far to say that she's my best friend. We have their storylines that kind of back that up. But to me, Olive is Samantha's best friend. Okay. So I'm like, I think Olive lives around this area. So like, it's kind of a trek to get to her house, but it's worth it. But I know I live closer to destiny, but like, literally I'm like, I know what kind of dog I have. I know my siblings. I know how my parents' relationship is. Yeah. I've got a lot going on. And so I will laugh the day that Dean hands me a script that like has contradicting things. Cause I'll probably be like, Dean, no, Samantha does not have a little sister. Like she has twin brothers. Like I've got it all made up in my head just because I think it's funny. Um, and I think it just helps me. Samantha's definitely an oldest child in my brain. Like, I don't know why she's got younger twin brothers. Like, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know why that happens the way it is, but don't mess with my storylines, Dean. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it was important to dig that deep. And I, like I said, don't think I would have had I not had the time and gone there. It definitely put me in a different headspace to really be in La Jolla. I was like, this is cool. Okay. Yeah. I've got, I was like, my favorite subjects are blank. Like this is my goal. I, and I know that I love basketball, obviously. So I was kind of digging deeper on that. I actually like should really go look at what I wrote down. Cause now that the season's ended, I wonder if any part of it kind of came true. And yeah, I think I was saying that Olive was my best friend before even more of the storylines came out with that. So I was like, wasn't so wrong on that one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting because, you know, you were talking earlier about how you had that dance background and, you know, yes, taking all this time to develop a character and then bringing it to life on screen. Um, is this the type of, of performing that you always envisioned yourself doing television or, you know, did you ever think of doing Broadway? What was like the original plan when you set out on this acting, acting thing? That's a good question. So I started acting when I was eight years old, kind of just because my older siblings did it. And so then they were coming, I'm from Ohio. So they were going back and forth between LA and Ohio. I just started coming with them and trying it out too. So I think I'm not sure I even had a specific, um, idea of what I would end up on. I know uh, I started in commercials and then I did, I've never done a movie actually. So I, then I've been doing uh, some TV things, pilots that didn't go or um, just like guest stars or reoccurring guest stars. Um, and so I think that's always been like, I think also, uh, let me backtrack, live studio audiences slash like multicam is like where my heart lies, like for sure at the moment, but I've never done a movie. So I don't want to like rule anything out. 
But I think, yes, the dance factor, Broadway, like, I'm not ruling anything out, but I think with the dance that I, like, love and, like, the live performing I love, I definitely think theater, too, would be really exciting for me just because I love, I'm used to a live audience. I love the adrenaline rush. I love that factor of it. So I think I have a lot that I want to check off before I would decide what I really might end up doing mostly or anything like that. But yeah, I can't say that like, and also when I auditioned for Big Shot, I thought it was a half hour comedy for some reason. So I was like, this is right down my alley. And then it was an hour long dramedy. And I was like, this isn't what I thought it was. So (laughs) whatever happens, happens. But I'm having a great time doing this, which I never would. I don't know if I would have necessarily picked had I had all the options. Like, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? That type of, I definitely am like, I'm a comedy girl, but like, I love drama too. I think I've come a long way with my drama. I'm more confident now, not as much when I was younger, but like, I don't know. So I don't know what I thought was going to happen. I'm really happy with where I'm at at the moment. But yeah, a movie is definitely up there for me to want to do because that could be what I love doing most. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, for the folks at home who can't see this, um, Cricket has a guitar right behind her. Are you a musician as well? Um, yes and no. Okay. I'm like a bare minimum musician who like has a guitar and a ukulele and an electric guitar and a piano but I just have to be in one of my moods to really want to play it. I cannot, I do not write music. Like I just kind of, I don't know. I think music has always been such a big part of my life just between dancing and just like, I don't know if I literally one day sat down and thought about it. And I was like, why do I love music so much? And I was like, I drive in my car and listen to music. I go to dance and I dance to music. If I'm getting ready, there's music playing. Like music is, I just like, it just makes me feel like nothing else can like, like, I don't, I would dare to say it like makes me feel even more, I don't know, Then I almost feel more with music than even like a good acting performance at times. I know it's very interesting to compare the two, but like, I just feel like music just, if I'm in a slump, it's getting me out of it. Like if I'm in a good mood, it's just elevating that. If I'm feeling fierce, I'm feeling even fiercer now if I've got a good song in the background. So I think it can just like really, I just love music so much. And I get definitely get part of that from my dad. He's a big 80s music guy. So I also love 80s music because I was forced to listen to it, but I do love it now. Um, so I do play um, to some extent. I took guitar for a few years. So I know my chords and I like being able to pull up, you know, something and be able to play it. But I do not play as much. And also some of the other girls um, on the show are really um, musically inclined. So I can't, I'm not touching that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask if there could maybe be a musical element to the second season, because obviously John's a great drummer. He plays a little guitar with the Beach Boys as well. And, you know, you have your guitars back there. I don't know. We could have a little bit of a uh, plot twist, you know, coming for the second season, which I really hope happens because the first one was just so good. (laughs) Thank you. We hope it does, too. Um, When we heard that there was a musical being written in, we all kind of joked because truly all of the girls, all the sirens, as well as Sophia Mitri Schloss, who plays Emma can sing like really well. I would definitely say I would sing if I had to for a role, but would not ever say, hi, I'm a singer. Like, absolutely not. But like, they all can really sing. So when we heard there was a musical, we're like, cool, we're all going to be in a musical. And we were all joking. (laughs) Yeah. We were joking because we were like, Oh my God, all of us in a musical. How fun. Cause again, we just know John has like, we're like the whole show's turning into musical. What? And they're like, no, no, no. Just like these two people are in a musical. And we're like, okay, okay. (laughs) But we didn't know. So it could happen later down the line. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. That would be right up the alley for our audience too, you know, to have the athletes participate participating in something like that that would yes. be very cool and i'm curious yes. to see what the second news i mean beth Macbeth was a very clever and brilliant brilliantly executed show i actually would really love to see that in person i know we only got a few scenes but like the whole way that thing was shot the way they tied it into the story with marvin corbin was so cool to watch when his daughter's performing and like looking out at him in the audience and the cameras are like going back and forth that was awesome i love that scene 
Yes, it was very cool. And I have to say, listening to the songs, I'm, I would love to know how long we listened to those songs for that day because we were sitting in the audience the whole day. I would say, I mean, maybe 12 hours. And I have to say, the songs did not get it that annoying. Like, I, you know, you, you hear any song for 12 hours straight and you're probably going to be annoyed with it. But I was just like, double, double toy. Like, it's good music. I was like, this is catchy. I'm not mad about it. So I think that that was kind of nice. I didn't know what to expect. I was like listening to the same song for 12 hours. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. But in the end, I was like, this is good writing because this is good music. Because, yeah. And I think it was really cool how they tied it in. And he was like, am I Macbeth? Yeah, it was great. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, I have to know, because you mentioned your Ohio roots before. um, And going back and forth between California and whatnot. Was it tough to adapt to, you know, the whole Tinseltown and acting life between all the auditioning and the travel back and forth from the Midwest? What, What was that like for you? Um, it was definitely an interesting process. I would say like we would come out for a couple months at a time. Then we came out for like one school year at a time. And I think it was just so weird because when I was in Ohio, my life was in Ohio. My world was in Ohio. And then when I was here, I would just, my world was here and my life was here and I was filming or whatever. So I think it was just so weird to have them so separate. I know a couple times I can remember doing like a self tape with like my friend waiting to play in the other room. Cause I was like nine and it was like having a play date, but like needed to do my work first. So like I was filming a self tape, but, and so in those moments I might've been like, I'd rather just go play with my friend. But like, I still knew that I loved acting and wanted to try it. But I think going back and forth. Yeah. It was just so I don't, it's just what I know. It was just my childhood. It's definitely a different one. And I'm aware of that, but I think it was just, gosh, I don't know. It was just what I knew. And I think that my siblings doing it with me, it was just like, well, this is what you do. And then I think coming out here and making acting friends here and then going back and having still friends in Ohio, it was just like, and a lot of my family still lives in Ohio. So I still go back and visit. I was just there last month. Like I, we still go back so much and it's still a big part of who I am. So I think it's just, it's been a really interesting process and I love that I still have that to be able to go back to, which is like my family and my roots and some friends and all that. But yeah, it's just been my life, which is so weird. And I think that's the other thing I was just looking back at. I get so many questions, this is kind of a side note, but I get so many people being like, you've never done anything before. Like, how'd you luck into like a series regular role on Disney? And I'm like, that's when I look at the videos of me at eight years old and being like, hi, I'm Cricket Wampler and I'm reading for the role of you know, whatever. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, it's not their fault that they don't know that I've been doing it this long. But this has been my life. Like I have really, this has been what I've been doing since I was eight. Like that is so much of my life. That's way over like, that's over half my life. Like, it's just crazy to me. So I think that I definitely, I don't say get defensive. It's not their fault. They don't know. But I'm like, I've worked for this for so long. Like, I don't 
it's so it's just but nobody knows that so I think it's that's another factor that's so crazy is because it's just it's just that's when I really just am like wow this has been my whole life so when it really even when I found out I booked it I definitely would say I probably had a slightly different reaction than the other girls um I think Monique and Sophia maybe have also been acting a little bit longer, but like Nell and um, Tisha most like mo- most recently and like Tiana for the past like few years, something like that. But I was like, oh my, this is like my 13th year in acting. Like this is so crazy. So I think that it also just like adds a different level of gratitude pro- probably, but maybe not. Maybe they're just, I don't know, but I just like, it's definitely just hits differently when you've been working at something for so, so long. And then it finally happens. I definitely freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was going to ask you, did you have like a big party when you got news that got the news that you got the role? Like, did you just go absolutely ballistic? What was the celebration like? Oh, goodness. Well, I have to say, I actually found out I booked it while on a Sunday, which like never happens while headed to a wedding. So in a way, I kind of celebrated that night because it was a very close friend's wedding It was quite a small wedding. And I was going to keep it on the down low because obviously it's her wedding day. Like, I don't need to announce that I booked a show on your wedding day, but she is the most careless, like she's the most most like selfless person ever. So I like the person who was with me when I found out, like told one person who told another person who told another person. I was so mad at everyone. I was like, why'd you tell? Like, this is Jordan's day. Like, I don't want anyone to know. And, but then it kind of turned into just some sort of like dual celebration where we were all just, it was a very casual, well, I wouldn't say it was a super casual wedding, but it was like on the beach, really fun. So we were all just dancing around having such a great night. So even though that wasn't necessarily my like celebration to me, it was just one of the most surreal times I've ever had because I was just at this beautiful beach wedding with some of the people that I love most. These are family friends I've grown up with since I was born. And like, I just felt so satisfied. I was just like, oh my gosh, like the, like a weird weight had been lifted off of my shoulders. I think also just like not, you know, like I said, working as long as I have, there were five years in a row where I didn't work at all. So I think stuff like that, where people definitely like, oh, are you still trying to act? Like, I just felt like I had so much to prove. I didn't really doubt myself. I knew I would prove it at some point. I just didn't know when I wasn't really in a rush. I knew this is what I love to do. Even if I'm just auditioning, it's what I love to do. So it didn't really bother me. But I think I just was like, wow, cricket, like you actually did it. Like you really are here. You're going to be on a show alongside John Stamos. This is insane. Like, actually, to be fair, I don't think I knew it was John Stamos quite yet. So, but yes, so that was a celebration in a way. And then, yes, my friends were so supportive and sweet. And I went on a trip with some of, like, I went on a kind of a little trip with one of my close friends. And like, we just celebrated a lot, which was so sweet because everyone, literally, I think my friends cried over me getting the role more than I did out of happiness. They were like, we're so proud of you. And I was like, I'm not really a crier. Like, now I am. But like, I wasn't then. So I was like, this is so so funny. And so I think having just an incredible support system, my closest friends and just family friends and family, like it's so, it's so sweet. So that definitely felt like kind of a celebration of sorts to commemorate finally, finally booking something cool. Well, I booked many things that are cool, but like something that I'm bigger part of. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. To be able to have all those people around you and in that type of environment, especially that sounds like such a great way to, such a great way to celebrate and, you know, to, in a way, maybe validate the belief that they had in you. Not that you, you know, you obviously always believe in yourself, but it's like, um, I'm sure it just meant so much to them to see you have, you know, to have that type of success and get that kind of news. And obviously all the success you've enjoyed since, I mean, this show is (laughs) one of the better things. What I'm not big on like sports series. I love documentaries. I love the movies, but this one's great because there's just so many different elements to it. And, 
Um, it makes it really unique. So I, I don't see why there shouldn't be a second season. I just wish they, that they wouldn't like keep us hanging on the edge of our seat like this. Just like, let us know. I mean, I can only imagine how you feel. About no, that. Al, I totally agree. Cause that's the other thing. What am I getting? A million comments. Is there a season two? And I'm like, trust me. I want to know too. You keep reminding me how I don't know. Like this is devastating. Like I just need to know, but I have hope and faith that there might be. So like, I'm really excited about it, but we just don't know at this point. So, but yes, I do agree. And that's the thing. I always laugh because I feel like almost everyone who's, you know, said something to me about the show is always like, I know I'm not your target audience, but I'm really liking it or whatever they say. And I'm like, I don't think we have a target audience. I don't really know who our target audience is. I've had little nine-year-olds come up to me like, I love your show. I've had a 30-year-old came up to me the other day who looked like not a mom of any sort. Like she just is a lady. And she's like, I'm obsessed with Big Shot. Like that. And I was like, why would you be no offense like that's the thing my question is why would you watch it or why would you watch it but I guess the point is everyone could watch anyone could watch it like I think that's the thing we were always even when we were filming it we we're like who's the target audience here but I think the point kind of is is that there really is no target audience and like it could fit for anyone and going along with that I think that yeah people might be like I'm not a basketball fan so I'm not really gonna watch a basketball show to me basketball it's definitely like one of the top three things I would think about the show I'd be like okay basketball I think great relationships I think like second chances loyalty kind of plays in like all this stuff but I just I wouldn't say it's only a basketball show of course especially towards the end we've got like that the musical factor all the relationships that we have going on so to me if someone's like I don't really like basketball I'd be like I would definitely not just because I'm in it I would be like give it a try anyway because you just might fall in love with this character who has nothing to do with the basketball portion and you love like the other aspects so much. And then you realize that it's not really about like knowing basketball. You're just watching the relationships happen on the court when they're, they're have beef. So now they're not passing the ball to each other. You know, all that stuff that's much more than just plays where you're like, I don't care if it goes in. Well, maybe there's like something deeper and we're trying to get across a different message than just the actual basketball itself. So I think, yeah, it's kind of fun to cover all those different bases. Yeah, I've good good sports terminology there, which actually leads really nicely into a little segment that we do here on Break of Bat. Ooh, I'm a little scared. <laughs> but, well, I, the only part you should be scared of is that you're in an imaginary batter's box. Um, okay. This is called Fastball Derby, by the way. And okay. I want you to picture yourself in that batter's box. It's the ninth inning. This is the scary part. Araldus Chapman is on the mound throwing 105 miles an hour. Actually, he used to pitch for the Cincinnati Reds. I don't know how far that was from where you were in Ohio. but We now used to go the watch Yankees. the games. Okay, okay. Okay. Does Chapman ring a bell? Uh, I don't think so. But- All right. Well, I don't want to <laughs> scare you, but he is the fastest throwing man ever. So uh, picture him on the mound. You okay. got to think quick. I'm going to ask you a question. You tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Give the audience a chance to get to know a little bit more about you. How does that sound? Okay. I will, I will do my best. All right. Favorite New York City meal? Meal, Joe's Pizza. Oh, great choice. Uh, greatest baseball game or sporting event you've ever been to? Probably, uh, I went to the Dodgers World Series. We lost, but it was still fun to be there. I, that energy was great. Oh, wait, I didn't go when we won. I went like a couple, like October 2018, maybe. I think we, we lost, uh, but literally oh, lost so- the whole World Series while we were there. Like it wasn't even a loss in the World Series, like losing the World Series, but. This is the geek in me. You were game five because the game three was that crazy 18 inning game. And that's the game the Dodgers won. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask you. That would have been so cool. That would have been so cool. I probably would have sat for 18 innings, honestly. But yeah, no, we went to the one where they lost. So that was a bummer. But that came to mind. (laughs) 
just to go to the World Series. I know exactly what you mean. A lot of people, I could go on and on about this, but my first World Series game was also a night where the Yankees lost the World Series completely in 2003. But I was there with my dad, and it was at the old stadium, and it's a special memory. That's a great answer. <laughs> um, your best or favorite holiday tradition? Oh, um, probably uh, just like Christmas Eve church, and then... I don't know. Oh my gosh, my family has so many traditions. Why am I blanking? I, oh, I love Halloween horror. Going to Halloween horror nights at Halloween time. Halloween is like kind of been taking over as my favorite holiday over Christmas, which is really crazy. But I don't really know. Lots of traditions. Just and looking at Christmas lights definitely is That's one a of great them. One. That was eight different answers, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have to choose one: Team Derek Jeter or Team Alex Rodriguez. I'm gonna go Derek Jeter because. My brother, I th this had to have happened, or I'm kind of concerned for my like mental state. But th there was a game that Philip, my brother, used to play, which was backyard baseball, and like I feel like Derek Jeter was always picked in that, talked about in that, whatever. So I feel like I just grew up with more Derek Jeter in my life. So we're going Derek. <laughs> You're right about backyard baseball. He was in that game. Let's Absolutely. go. Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> Fact about cricket waffler that would surprise people the most. That would surprise people the most. I mean, I don't really know about that. I am double jointed in my arms, which I think is kind of fun. And it kind of freaks people out. I could show you, Al, but the people on the podcast still won't see, which is kind of just unfortunate. But um, I think people normally are kind of shocked to hear that. It's not that deep. It's just kind of like a little fun fact. But that's what came to mind. <laughs> that is a good one. Okay. That, 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 that does surprise me. I never would have guessed that you're double jointed. <laughs> because it probably would have impacted what we saw on the TV when you were shooting hoops. So, okay. There, that's, that is surprising. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, all right. So since you're like kind of part of the Beach Boys family, your favorite Beach Boys song? <gasps> oh, no. Probably Kokomo, honestly. I love so many of them. But when that came on... We were at that point, like we were up at one point, like of the concert. And then we were down on the field at one point in the concert. And everyone was already kind of shocked that I'd known some of the songs I had because I just, I kind of liked the Beach Boys. I just had heard some of them, but Kokomo comes on. And I was like, I'm going to full on like hula dance. I'm going to do whatever comes out and just go with it. And so Nell, especially was just like, how do you even know this song? Well, I'm like, Kokomo. And it was just <laughs> so funny. So I think that Kokomo is probably my favorite, but I don't know. There are so many good ones. I do really love Forever for sure. And then, um, yeah. And then it was super cool to see uh, Barbara Ann on stage. And I do like that song. Probably not my favorite, but it was really cool. And I don't know. Oh, California Girls is a classic. There are just a lot of good songs, but I think Kokomo is prob probably my favorite. That's a uh, you. The fact that you named like four of them right there just like made me so happy. I always ask that. I, I often ask that question to some of our guests, and I'm glad that California rubbed off on you on the in the right way, so you knew their music. And special thanks to John Stamos for helping introduce you. Shout to out as well. to John. Shout out to John. <laughs> okay, here's a fun one. Most embarrassing on set moment. Oh, oh my gosh. There are a lot. Um, I think maybe, um, this was embarrassing to me. This wasn't that embarrassing. I've sure, for sure had more embarrassing things, but I remember we had our first day of, um, filming that I'm getting secondhand embarrassed right now. Like, and it's not even that, like, you'll see, it's not that embarrassing. It's just kind of like unfortunate that it happened, which is like life. But, um, I, we had our first day with this director for episode four named Bola Ogun. She's amazing anyway, but I had not like worked with her before. This is our first scene with her, whatever. So we're in the gelateria and we have this scene 
And honestly, Samantha doesn't, I mean, this was like one of the first times I was like, okay, I have like multiple, multiple lines in one scene and like we're bound. It's honestly also a tricky dynamic with the five girls or sometimes if Sophia's there, six girls, because you're like, you just don't know who you're coming after. And a lot of times they're like, quicker, 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 jump, color each other off. And you're like, you got to know where you're at and what you're doing, which is like, I love, I kind of talk fast. I've been slowing, trying to slow down, but I'm very like into that. I think it's super fun. And in real life, obviously you're going to overlap or whatever is going to happen. But I had this line where I said, um, am I overthinking this whole, okay. Am I overthinking this whole number or something thing? It's when the num my number's up for grabs, like Savannah Gibson might steal my number 11. And I say, or is this a bad sign? And so I kept saying, instead of, is this a bad sign or is that a bad sign? I kept saying something else, some other term that's similar to, is that a bad sign? Okay. I don't really know. But the point is I kept messing it up like so many times. And uh, Tiana Lee had the line after me and she repeats what I say. So I was like, is that a bad sign? And she's like, of course it's a bad sign, blah, blah, blah. So then I kept saying this wrong analogy that she kept them, but she saved me multiple times and like would repeat the whatever I said, say it was like, I don't know, a bad sign. Or is this like, um, I can't even think of what I would have said, but she saved me many times, but I've just never been more embarrassed because I could not say the right like version of this. Bola thought it was hilarious. She was fine with it, but I was like, she doesn't even know me. And now she just knows that I messed up a million times. And of course we all mess up, but just to really consistently mess up that much, I was like, this is rough. Like this is unfortunate. So anyway, that was probably my most embarrassing. Again, not the most embarrassing, but just kind of like definitely stuck with me. Let's say that. Oh, I, <laughs> I mean, especially being so new to it at that point, you said episode four, right? So that's like, yes. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like fresh. you handled it. Like, yeah. <laughs> did what I could. Al. Okay. Did what I could. Yeah. You made it out in one piece. So, okay. Now you're like, a, as we would say in sports, you're a seasoned veteran now and you know how to handle that situation. <laughs> so there we go. Um, okay. So now you're also part of the Disney family. What's your favorite ride at Disneyland? Oh, what kind of question is that? Okay, I might go Tower of Terror. Well, it's Guardians of the Galaxy now, but I love it. I, that's really hard because I, I, you know what? My family's a big Disney family anyway, but we always categorize. We're like, okay, what's your favorite nostalgic ride? And it might be Peter Pan, you know, or Haunted Mansion or whatever. But like overall, I'm a Tower of Terror girl. Again, now it's Guardians of the Galaxy, which I do like it as Guardians of the Galaxy. Not a huge Guardians of the Galaxy fan overall, but I do really enjoy the ride. Um, so maybe that is like my favorite. I love losing my stomach. Like I love that feeling. So I might go with that or, and I love all the mountains that are just classic. I'm a big space mountain girl. So one of those, one of those. Oh, okay. I love splash mountain space mountains up there as well, but, um, I know what you mean. There is something about the classic rides because even like, like what was it? Winnie the Pooh and oh, Indiana Jones, like those types yes. of stuff, even though it's not necessarily the biggest thrill, it is still just as much fun to go on. Kind of just cool. nostalgic too. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. So since you're a big Disney fan, you probably have an answer to this one. Your favorite Muppet. Ooh, um, I might go Miss Piggy. I'm not the biggest Muppet person, but I do like Miss Piggy. <laughs> Okay, and that's a perfect lead into our uh, our final question that we always ask in uh, Fastball Derby is... Dun, dun, dun. What is the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? <sighs> that's really hard because also I'm the type that if someone... I don't want to say I won't share it if someone gives me good advice, but things just stick with me so much that I'm like, I'm going to use this forever. Okay, I'm going to go what came to my mind 
was this amazing chat I had with Cameron Mannheim, who is an amazing actress, award nominated, maybe won awards, honestly don't know. She's amazing. And um, she was talking to Tiana Lee and I one of, the last day of filming. And I won't give too much context because it's kind of irrelevant, but basically she was the ending statement of this like hour long chat we had, which I'd never really talked to her that much. So it was really off the wall to be having this chat with her anyway. Um, she ended it basically just saying, raise your hand high. And by that, she meant anything you do, commit to doing it. If you're like, uh, yeah, pick me, pick me. She's like, no, you look stupid and confused. I'm not picking you. She's like, if someone raises their hand high and is like, pick me, I know what I want. I've got a question. I need answers, whatever. So I think I really try to take that because I sometimes am like, no, like, I don't want them to think I'm rude or I don't want to ask the question. I remember literally right before this, um, we were in, we were filming the scene where John in the, in the series finale, where season finale, not even putting that energy out there. Sorry. Season finale, um, where John was giving his long speech about, um, him, his fatherhood and being a parent. And I remember being like, I don't have any lines and this scene's for sure. Not about me at all. Like I didn't think it was, but I was like, I don't know if Samantha would be feeling this way or this way. And I was like, it's okay, Cricket. Like, just figure it out. Like, it's fine. And then I was like, you could ask Bill. But, like, Bill's a little bit scary sometimes. He's our director, and he was our director for three of them. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't ask Bill. But I said, you know what? I'm I'm an actor, and I'm confused right now. And I want to know for sure so I can confidently feel how Samantha needs to feel. So I raised my hand. And sometimes Bill's the type that sometimes you might have a question, and he'll be like, absolutely not and like doesn't explain much you know he'll just come in after a take and be like whatever you did don't and walk away so you're like I don't even know what that means I don't know if you're being serious or sarcastic I don't know what just happened so he's a little scary at times love you Bill anyway so I raised my hand and I was like what if he thinks I'm dumb for asking this like that it up but I was like no I want to know I'm an actor I'm being paid to be here and I want to do a good job so I raised my hand I said hey Bill I have a question when we're doing this am I feeling this way or this way and he and so I thought he might give me like a one word answer. And he was like, oh, great question. Okay. So when this happens, blah, blah, blah. He broke it down for me for like a solid two and a half minutes. And I was like, oh my gosh, like so thrown off. Cause I really expected a one word answer from him. Like, or just some, like, you know, he might be like, it doesn't matter. Make the choice, like whatever. So really having him break it down for me, I was like, wow, it was so worth it to maybe he was going to think I was dumb for asking, but the reward was so much greater than the risk of him thinking. I was like, I don't know. We're honestly about to wrap the season. Like if he thinks I'm dumb, he thinks I'm dumb. So anyway, no, he's not. I mean, he wouldn't, but like, I was like, okay, I'm going to ask it. Was so grateful. I asked it. So when she said, raise your hand high, I was like, oh, Cameron, I just raised my hand high. And you're right. It is like so worth it to just take that little bit of a risk because if for also, I think that's the other thing. I definitely fear a lot that someone will make me feel dumb or just whatever. Like, I think that's the other thing. Like, I tend to be a very outgoing, sometimes smiley, happy person. And I've had people make me feel stupid for like being happy or for like laughing a lot or something like that. And I always hate it. But also I give them the power to do that. So I think that's the other thing. It was me realizing you don't have to give someone the power to make you feel small or stupid or dumb or any of those things. So I think raising your hand high is being like, you might think I'm dumb. I'm committing to it anyway. And I have a question, etc. So that was a long piece of advice, but I think it just really clearly changed how I looked at some things. <laughs> Heck yeah. And it made for an epic story. Wow. I absolutely love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Al. <laughs> Cricket, this was so much fun. No, this was great. Thank you so much. It flew by. <laughs> I know it really did. And, you know, for all the folks at home who may want to connect with you on social media um, or, you know, be it Instagram or Twitter, where's the best place for everyone to find you? 
So my Instagram is just my name at Cricket Wampler. And then I'm also on TikTok a lot, which is Crick Bop, which is like a nickname. <laughs> so yeah, Crick, <laughs> C-R-I-C-K, Bop, B-O-P. Um, and then I do have Twitter, not on it too much, but at Cricket Wampler, I believe. So those are the main places you can find me. I have to know, though, really quick before we go, what's the origins <laughs> of uh, the nickname Crick Bop? Okay, so basically my grandpa, um, he just always used to call me Teeny Bop, Bopper, Bop, because I guess I just like bopped around a lot when I was a kid. I don't really know. So he, that kind of turned into Cricky Bop somehow. And so then I was like, we'll drop the Y, Crick Bop, but like Cricky Bop, whatever, Bopper. So that's just kind of always what I was called. So I think when I just went to make a TikTok, I was like, what's really just dumb? And I was like, Crick Bop. <laughs> Crick Bop is just stupid. Because I think if you have a non-serious username, people realize it's not like you're taking it super seriously. No offense to people who do take TikTok seriously, but like, I was like, they won't take me too seriously. I'm not taking myself too seriously. I'm not putting my real name on it for right now. So anyway, that's where that came from. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's, a, that's a very cool origin story. And seriously, um, Cricket, I had so much fun tonight. I cannot thank you enough for coming on. Of course, Al. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And uh, all the folks at home, be sure to connect with Cricket on social media. And thank you for listening to this thank podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it really was fun. And, you know, everyone, be sure to subscribe to Break a Bat uh, wherever you get your podcast. If you like this chat, there's a lot more like them out there. But uh, Cricket's is definitely Cricket Chat is definitely up towards the top. And I so enjoyed <laughs> it. And I'm so grateful everyone could hang out with us tonight. So uh, signing off from the batter's box, this is Al Malafronte for Break a Bat and the Broadway Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.